Welcome to the second episode of the Humans 2.0 podcast. It's your host, Mark Metry. And today I have with me Lily Snyder. She's the COO of Doghead Simulations. And today we discuss virtual, augmented, and mixed reality going mainstream. What it means to be a COO of an innovative company in a growing industry. And we talk about technology of the future like blockchain, data, and artificial intelligence. Stay tuned. Hi, Lily. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Mark? Doing excellent. So, um, can you give a quick introduction about who you are and what you do? Definitely. My name is Lily Snyder. I am one of the co-founders of Doghead Simulations. And what we do at Doghead Simulations is create virtual reality collaboration software. So, I'm here to talk to Mark today about the future of VR and where it's going. Awesome. Very lucky to have you. Thank you for doing this. Definitely. Um, So just to dive in, so how did virtual reality first catch your eye? Definitely. For me, I uh, LinkedIn. One of an old client of mine I saw posted that he was working on virtual reality for agile scrum teams, which is really big for an agile because it's best used for teams that are in this like same office together but in the world we live in today uh, everyone lives all over the world so I immediately thought this is huge everyone's going to be doing this so I immediately contacted him up said hey how can I get involved awesome um and when you said client what did you do before uh, you co-founded Doghead definitely I was in IT consulting So I did a lot of manufacturing execution systems, which is designing software that's used on uh, a manufacturing plant floor. Nice. (laughs) Um, So what's what's the origin story of you co-founding Doghead? I know you just talked a little bit about it, but how did you meet the other co-founders and and how did that all go down? Definitely. Well, so I knew Matt, our CEO from before before Doghead in VR. Um, so he, he's how I got introduced to Doghead. And he was already working with Albert Perez and Chance Glasgow. So Albert is our uh, CTO and Chance is our CCO. So they were already forming the product idea and then I came on board to help Matt really push the business side. And so that's how we all formed together to really make the company what it is. Nice. And uh, congrats on the uh, the Forbes article that I saw on Doghead. That was really awesome. Proud of you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. You've made it when you've made it on Forbes. Right? <laughs> Started from the bottom, now here. <laughs> um, that's right. So, <laughs> so in, an, in a growing industry that's still, you know, finding its way, virtual reality, what would you say is being uh, the hardest challenge of you being the COO and the co-founder? Mm-hmm. I think the hardest challenge is not you know, within the company or within the industry itself. I think it's really um, driving that it's a new computing platform. It's going to change the way we work, the way we interact with technology in our lives to people who haven't really experienced it yet. So I knew before I ever put a headset on that virtual reality was gonna be big because I'm in the tech field. (laughs) But for a lot of people that we know, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, is 
they think it's cool and can kind of see how it will work, but unless they actually put on a headset and uh, live that experience, they don't quite get it yet. So I think that's the biggest challenge that we face and, and people in the industry are facing in general. Yeah, um, I think like personally for me, I find that like not a lot of people that are involved in the sector, they don't really understand that virtual reality isn't like like this toy or like this screen that you put up on your face and it's more of like this medium platform, you know, yeah. that's like going to completely revolutionize technology and like how we even communicate and go about reality ourselves, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you see in the future, uh, for Doghead? Like, where are you guys going? Do you guys have any plans to, you know, expand and so on and so forth? Definitely. Our, our plans for the future are just keeping, tapping into the technology and integrating, um, what people need today to get work done with also what they may not know yet, such as AI, artificial intelligence, um, hardcore analytics, so as our headsets uh, become more advanced with eye tracking, um, reading, you know, empty brain simulations, we can see, you know, what our users are really experiencing in a meeting or what they really need to be productive. And we can create tools to help them become just better working as a team or getting their work done, depending on what their needs are. Nice. Um, and uh, I would, so I would consider you definitely an entrepreneur. You're starting a, uh, a virtual reality company. Um, just out of my own curiosity, because I've been really interested in this, do you have any sort of uh, like morning routine, like elements that you stick to on like a daily basis? Yeah. Uh, the main one is I walk my dog before I try it, before I work or get down into it. I just take my dog for a nice walk, <laughs> really just get the brain flowing. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much it. And then I'll okay. come in and I'll eat or make coffee and turn on the laptop, put my headset on, get to work. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Awesome. Thanks for answering that. Um, so. Yeah. Doghead Simulations is a it's a communications company that's trying to redefine how we you know go about in the world and how we talk to each other. Um, there's a similar company, Altspace VR, that uh, recently shut down. What are your your thoughts on that? Like, if that will impact the industry, or you know what you guys can learn from that, etc. Definitely, uh, it's always a bummer when you hear about. Um, cool VR concept and company not making it. Um, but what I think we can learn from them and what everyone can learn is, is why, why didn't they make it? Um, and I think the clearest, one of the clearest lessons learned is there wasn't a strong monetization strategy. And what we're seeing with investors and what they ask us and in the industry in general is that people aren't necessarily just investing on a cool idea anymore. They want to know how are you bringing in revenue, what's your monetization strategy, and if you don't have that, you might not make it. So I think that's the biggest lesson learned from alt space. Um, as far as impacting the industry, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, although 
Altspace is gone, those people that worked at that company are still passionate about VR. They're still around. They're not dead. So I'm sure they'll come up with something new or join another VR company. So we still have those ideas going strong out there. Awesome. Very well said. Um, let's say it's the year 2020, you know, three years in the future. It's not that far away. Uh, it's also pretty close. Where do you see the industry and like the average consumer and just insights, any speculations? Mm-hmm. I think we're definitely going to see people using headsets to experience entertainment. I think that will be one of the biggest things we'll see first, um, especially like social entertainment, um, like games or movies. And I've already seen on uh, my Facebook feed, some of my friends are playing with Facebook spaces already and they'll post live videos of themselves hanging out in Facebook spaces. And it just makes me think like, oh, why didn't you invite me to hang out with you guys? <laughs> you know, I haven't seen you in a long time. So I think see that same that social aspect move to a whole nother level of actually getting to be in a virtual space with your friends that you may not have with for a while yeah definitely social i think is going to be the driving force because i think it's the driving force and you know anything pretty much um have you heard of mind trek at all no i haven't heard of them there is this um there's this like this center that opened up that's like 45 minutes away to me i need to go and it's a uh it's like this virtual reality like zombies open world and like you can see the person in front of you it looks it looks amazing i need to go Yes, that would be cool. That sounds similar, right, to what Disney's trying to do with their uh, Star Wars experience. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of my morning shows I listened to were talking about that. Like, some of the guys on the show were like, yes, I'm totally going to go. And then the other guys were like, wait, if it's virtual reality already, why can't I just do it from the comfort of my own home? Yeah, that's that's a very good question. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's worth contemplating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what about the the far future? Like 20, 30, 10, 15 years from now, aside from it being social, what do you see like in terms of hardware, software, you know, any any paradigm shifts like in society, etc.? Definitely. Oh, I can only imagine. Uh, well, first for hardware, as we know, it's always getting smaller, more lightweight, faster, less cords tying you down. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now in VR headsets, um, you know, the resolution isn't perfect. You can still kind of see it's hard to read. Um, so I think resolution will definitely get way better. You'll be able to read from a distance, um, not be as pixelated. You won't be tethered by a cord. So, and the uh, heart, the headwear itself will be just more comfortable in general. Um, and I think one thing that's important to mention is as we talk about these um, technologies like virtual reality and augmented reality, a lot of people are arguing, well, which one's really going to take off? Like you've probably seen those arguments. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I think is really going to happen is each of those will have their own use cases that they work well for, but we're going to start seeing them merge together. 
um, into mixed reality, which we're already starting to see that vocabulary thrown around out there. So I think we'll just live in a world where either at your work or if you work from home, some part of what you do will be a hologram or a virtual set that you do your work from. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Um, speaking on that note, the other day I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about video games and I was thinking about like, um, like role-playing games. Uh, oh, yeah. And then I was thinking, like, what really is the difference between that and reality? And, like, there's obviously, like, it depends on the game. Like, some you can walk around and kill people. But um, I was thinking about it, and it was, like, on a, on a game, there's, like, a, there's a map. There's, like, your health bars. There's all sorts of stuff. And then that could all really just be done in augmented reality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's very strange to think about. Um, so, anyway, so speaking of the future... Um, I've been asking this question to a lot of people. Um, some people have different opinions, and I just want to hear your thoughts on it. So, like, if we live in a world in the future where virtual reality is very mainstream and people are living in virtual worlds and, you know, people are living about their lives in VR to an extent, there's going to be a tremendous amount of data, right, that's yeah. going to be captured and recorded. Mm-hmm. What do you think, like, the best way to go about that is? Do you think, you know, corporations and, like, the few companies that are powering those worlds are going to hold on to it? Or do you think it's going to be, like, a blockchain kind of technology? Just open your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, I think, I would think that the corporations would want to keep their own data that they wouldn't want to share with it, Mm -hmm. similar to how it is nowadays. Um, you know, like Apple not releasing what's on someone's phone, if, you know, the police ask for it. Mm-hmm. Um, because data is really kind of where the money is. If you mm-hmm. can learn how to, if you're really good at analyzing what it is, then you can create your product or make something better that makes your users stay in it longer and give you even more feedback. Or... Uh, once we have like advertisements in virtual reality, they're they're gonna want to know yeah. <laughs> where are people looking, how long are they spending looking at my ad, or how long are they experiencing my ad for, and what do they feel like when they're in there? So I think the data is gonna be uh, so much more detailed. People are gonna want people locked down because it's it's the secret sauce almost. I think yeah. you could say. Mm-hmm. I was reading an, uh, an article by Business Insider, and they were saying that the world's most valuable asset is like no longer oil; it's consumer data. <laughs> and they had like this picture of like instead of like they had three oil rigs, and there was like Facebook, Twitter, uh, like Reddit on them. And I just that makes a lot of sense. Um, so speaking of speaking of advertisement, um, how do you how do you think of you know, in the same way that uh, with, like, the emergence of Google AdWords on, like, the internet when it was first becoming a thing, and that kind of, you know, prompted businesses to get on it and start making more money, do you think the same thing will happen with virtual reality? Like, once a, a killer advertising platform gets on and then companies just start dumping money and, like, there's a real platform, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? 
Oh, definitely. I know advertisers already. Uh, so I went to a marketing conference back in Feb uh, February, and the whole um, theme of the conference was emotional intelligence of your users, of your consumers. And how do you, instead of seeing your consumers as consumers, how do you see them as an individual person and target to that individual person? So marketers are already thinking that way. And they also said that chief marketing officers, I think, are spending more on technology than chief information officers. So I think that if you can develop a killer ad platform for VR and show that an experience to show that what the ad is versus just what the world is, that there's no difference, and you can show that emotional intelligence and lockdown to that individual level, we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we won't know the difference and we'll just give our money away. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Not to scare anyone off of it, but, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's okay. It's, it's coming whether we want it to or not. Um, Pretty much. So... Imagine it's it's the year 2030, and right. virtual reality is indistinguishable from reality. And everything you could do in reality, you can do in virtual reality, but better. Like hanging out with your kids, eating dinner, spending time with your loved ones. If you could, would you spend your entire life in virtual reality, you know, aside from any health risks and any of those other externalities? Mm -hmm. um, I want to. I want to say no because while that would be so awesome, I think the more that tech becomes in our in our lives, the more people uh, need like create uh, detox breaks in their cell phone. The more they appreciate, um, you know, real one on one human interaction. Um, I think. I think being able to do that will be so great for so many people, but I think it will also help us appreciate that this real world exists too. And that's pretty amazing also. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking about uh, like the future of virtual reality and like, I think social media is just like the, like the brick phone phase of like communications in a whole Right, so like instead of sending a, a DM to somebody, you could go on Doghead or you know whatever the yeah. future company is, and you could just talk to them like one on one as if they were actually there, you know. Like yeah. that's just just mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, you know, it could be about virtual reality, augmented reality. What are you looking forward to in the future? Yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to. If you could just like flip your wrist and whatever info or screens that you need just pop up right there. Or I love like, you know, the minority report just being able to pull it and put it right on the wall, which is, you can do things like that in Facebook spaces, which is so fun. Like make, you know, your photos bigger and bring up a bunch of text. And I think that'd be cool just to do like right here in the real world. Mm. Um, so I, I know you said like we shouldn't argue about which one is going to be which, but
But do you think that virtual reality is going to have a bigger impact on society than augmented reality? And by virtual reality, I mean like full immersion, not like with the wrist thing. I would say that's augmented or kind of mixed reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to say virtual reality because augmented reality is overlaying digital in, in your real world. Mm-hmm. But, you know, us humans are imaginative, creative. We want to really live the books we read or be in that Game of Thrones show as a soldier riding a dragon. And virtual reality teleports you to wherever you want. It teleports you to that experience that you've been really craving. And that's why I think it will be better. Mm-hmm. Because you can lose all sense sense of this and be, you know, on Mars or in Game of Thrones, living yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah, virtual reality is just gonna redefine everything. Like I was like I was thinking about the future and like we're going to be thinking, remember, remember when we had to look at screens that emitted light, you know, and then now we're just like in the virtual world, you know, watching, instead of watching Game of Thrones, looking at a, you know, a piece of plastic and metal that's just emitting different colored lights. We're like in the actual world doing, talking to like the people there and, and whatnot. That's just, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds pretty like... <laughs> what old school tech are we like on right now when you describe it that way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you think that uh, augmented reality um, and sort of, I guess, mixed reality, do you think that they are going to be more lucrative than virtual reality? Because like maybe, I don't know, maybe my estimations are off, but like I assume the average person, like if they're going about their day, they're going to work, if we're even working then, you know, like they're more or less like, just like people use smartphones a lot now and augmented reality is going to kind of replace that. Do you think there's going to be more people using augmented and I guess mixed reality than just like the standalone, you're in a different world kind of set? I think it depends on, on how we see because if you really have virtual reality, for many of us, you might not need to go to work. You know, virtual yeah. reality is your work. Um, so in there, it would be more lucrative because that's what people, for the most part, use their whole day. You know, mm-hmm. instead of eight hours a day on our laptop, eight hours a day in VR mm-hmm. from home. Um, but some things, like if you're a doctor at a hospital, you'd probably need to use AR more because you still are having to deal with um, real people. So I think it probably, it's probably going to depend on the industry mm-hmm. and which, which industries are bigger at that time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was looking at a graph and, you know, this could be wrong. You know, statistics are always wrong, but it was, yeah. uh, it, showed, <laughs> it showed a graph and it was, you know, virtual reality um, like it's, it's consumer rate and it's the money the industry's making. And it was like, um, it was like going like this, like that, just a steady rate. And then like up here, like I had a higher increase, but then it just kind of continued growing at the steady rate. And then there was another one that had augmented reality and then it was like more flat. So it was taking longer than virtual reality to go up, but then it was just like all the way up, like it completely skyrocketed and. That got me thinking. 
Yeah, it makes you wonder, like, why, why so many people think AR is going to be so much bigger than VR. Like, some people I feel almost just totally dismiss virtual reality. And I just wonder, like, why, why that is. Are you not, like, can you not really grasp the potential of, you know, that? Yeah, definitely. I think it's, I think it's just virtual reality is what we have right now. And when people see at it, it's like kind of in its Mm -hmm. primitive stage. So they don't, you know, really, they don't accept that it's going to be like completely, you know, it's going to change everything. So maybe, and I'm sure when augmented reality first gets in, like if people saw Pokemon Go and then they were like, oh no, we're not going to use that. But in reality, you know, it's, it's completely different, something totally different, you know, like we have Google Cardboard and all that stuff, and that's just the like the very, very, very rudimentary phase of the entire industry. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, what would you say? Um. Aside from, I mean, it could be VR and AR. What would you say is the most significant technology that is already out or will be out sometime anywhere in the near future? that's going to have the biggest impact on humanity of all time, the most significant? I think it'll probably be artificial intelligence. Definitely. We kind of have it today. Um, I'm sure you, I remember like chatting with the first like chat bots that you could trick them so easily, you know, 10 years ago, but think about it in, in virtual reality, you could have an artificial intelligent version of yourself. So you could go on vacation and maybe your AI self could go to work for you um, or just answer questions. If we're even working. Yeah. (laughs) I think, yeah, Uh, I think AI will probably will be the biggest one yet. Uh, And if you mixing and you can mix AI with anything within a virtual world or within, you know, our physical world, like robotics today, or AI in our cars when they drive themselves around, it can really be implemented into anything that has a signal. Yeah. Have you uh, have you heard of the term uh, singularity? I think so. You can remind me. It's uh, it's it's like a technological theory, and it's considered where uh, it's it's with artificial intelligence where uh, humans will transcend biology. And it's like, it's the theory is like, um, what artificial intelligence is really about is trying to understand, learn, deconstruct the most, one of the most powerful phenomenons in the universe, which is intelligence. And then once we have that, we can create, um, you know, intelligence that isn't bound by, you know, the bandwidth of our brains. And then once we have that, the technological discoveries and inventions will be like a runaway train. Um, and yeah, like that to me, like if, if it does happen or if it doesn't, who knows, but artificial intelligence is definitely going to be the biggest part in that. Yeah. <clears throat> that would be wild. Yeah. I'm just picturing us living like in Star Trek now. We're just flying to different galaxies. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Um, so I want to wrap things up here. Do you have any final thoughts, um, any places where you want people to go or check out? 
definitely. Um, we have an early access program uh, where you can use our software for free right now on our website, dogheadsimulations.com. So I encourage everyone to go and sign up. And we're also on social media. You can just Google us. And we'd love to have everyone as followers and be part of the team. Awesome. Thank you very much, Lily. You're the best. Uh, I hope uh, you carry, and I hope you and your entire team carry Doghead uh, to, you know, everyone else. And, you know, because what you guys are doing is really awesome and it's helping redefine the world. Oh, thanks, Mark. And it was great being on the show. Awesome. <laughs> Talking to you again. Sweet. Bye.